everyone, and welcome to Phone Calls with Brendan and Ian. I'm Brendan Garland, and I'm a visual artist and creative. And I'm Ian Schaller. I'm a personal trainer and a philosopher. Brendan and I met at college in the Midwest, but now, living on opposing coasts, we keep in touch through phone calls, which we are sharing with you. As a podcast, phone calls is freeform, authentic, and natural, much as any conversation to a friend would be. Using mindfulness as our guide, we unpack our daily lives and travel across a spectrum of topics, which ultimately lead us back to mindfulness. As the listener, we hope our phone calls give you insight on how to allow yourself to simply be and live more consciously. Hello. <laughs> did you like sing as you realized I was singing it too? Yes, I did. <laughs> Way to catch on to that. It's that improv stuff kicking in. <laughs> Still got it. Still got that improv skill. Do you ever miss that? Yeah, a lot. It's one really? of the things that I want to get back into. Yeah. But, yeah. Because of... Well, I was so I was looking at doing it in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, all the classes usually cost money. So oh, wow, really? Yeah. I mean, there are, like, free ones, I'm sure. But I would want to, like... I really want to be in, like, a program that has is, like, you know, you move up in it and stuff. And yeah, most of those are like a hundred dollars. Like, uh, it's it's like um, like you. I guess it's kind of like taking classes at like a college, like similar structure. You like take like a level one class and then move up mm-hmm. in that, and then you know you continue taking more and more classes, and then like. From it depends on like what kind of school you go to, I think. But you also do classes in like writing as well, like scene writing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That could be really fun. So uh-huh. watching, um, Polly got us in. <laughs> whose line is it anyway? <laughs> and at first, I was like really into it. I thought it was like really mm-hmm. great. But I kind of feel like it's repetitive in some ways. Like the skits themselves. I don't know. Is that is that typical in improv? There only there's only like a a set like amount or like types of scenarios, I guess, that they have, you know. And then you kind of just fill in with like the randomness throughout. Or yeah, well, you know what I mean by that? Anyways, like short form improv. So it's like that's all games and like quick mm. stuff. You don't like develop a scene. Like there's like some highly structured like forms of improv where you like you have like multiple scenes and each scene has to like connect in some way so like you have to form but you have to form the relationship like throughout the scenes so like you know the first scene will be like Mm -hmm. you and then somebody else and then the next scene like somebody else comes on with the person that you were on stage with before and then they have like a different relationship and then like they all kind of like build on each other but that's like long form stuff like the stuff that we did at the improv shows you know like at IC yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that was more long form okay Mm mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was like so much fun to see every time. So yeah. Good. What were you gonna say? Now that's go ahead. I'll say like that's uh-huh. play. You know what I mean? Like how much we've talked about that. Like I feel like that's yeah. that's like really creative. I was gonna say know? short form what, is what more gonna like just the quick, like it's fun for like a filler and stuff <laughs> because it's fun for like oh yeah to just do. Because you don't really have to do much thinking in a short form because you don't have to, like, build anybody, like, build any characters or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, remember story. Are you shoveling snow? Yeah. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop that. <laughs> I was swinging my, my rope around. I'm watching the sunset and, like, listening to you talk. It's probably too much at once, but, but, uh, but it was like really enjoyable okay. for a moment. <laughs> so I won't, I won't continue that. <laughs> Are you shoveling snow? Yeah. I crazy like, winter storm. You got bro. snow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry, man. This can't work for tomorrow. <laughs> it has to be done right now. <laughs> I like the coldest part of the day. Oh, that's funny. It was just like the... Re- no, it's my, okay. My bad. It was like the repetitive, like... Because it was like... <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Dude, these headphones have two... Like, they're too good of quality. It's almost uh-huh. like it can get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, I hope you can't hear my, my heat going then while I'm in here. No, I can't hear anything. Interesting. I don't understand. Uh, shit. Okay, improv. That's what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, improv is play, though. Like, I think it's, like, the closest I've ever gotten to, like, just, like, true presence, like, in a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I think, like, maybe I get, like, have gotten there with art sometimes, too, you know? when I've like created something and been in that mm-hmm. process of creation, but improv, it's just like, so immediate. Like as soon as you hit the stage, nothing else like exists except, well, for me, like nothing else mm-hmm. exists except for like the people that I'm on stage with, you know, like I forget that the audience is there. Yeah. I forget like yeah. everything. I'm just like in my own little, like imaginary world with the person who's with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait, do you think it's easier or different to be in like a flow state and present than just to be like, let's say meditating and like being present in that sense? Like, how would you say they're different? Mm. I don't know. I guess they're not really different. Because like true presence, I guess, is like just being in the moment like no matter what like arises and noticing that so Mm -hmm. I guess just maybe like there's like a certain feeling after improv that's like different than after like meditation maybe like if I did like a Mm -hmm. deep meditation for a while I would feel that same sort of like bliss Cause I've heard people talk about that. Like they've met it, you know, who have like meditated for a really long time that there's this sort of like mm-hmm. hum 
of like just like positive energy mm-hmm. and yeah that's what you get like after or at least what i get after improv is just like mm-hmm. like just like an overwhelming sense of like positive energy and like presence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome i've always thought that would be really cool uh especially since i started talking to my friend bobby a couple years ago who like majored in Mm. music and theater and stuff and like hearing him talk about it like number one i feel like theater like encompasses so many different like subjects in terms of Mm -hmm. like school and like life that you like don't realize that you kind of have to learn you have to learn a lot about a lot of things to be like a good like actor you know what I mean um and and like what you're saying too is like like losing yourself like on stage like that I don't know it just it's really fascinating to me I've always I think if I could do it again I would do theater somewhere like you know what i mean not even with the intention uh-huh. of being like a superstar but but like but just to do it because of how like accessing those accessing and like releasing like those types of mm-hmm. energies is like acceptable there and i feel like it could be really good yeah. for everybody well i would use like like improv theater for me is like a little different because just because of it's like more structured like way of being like you're essentially becoming like one singular person you know so in like that aspect it's like really mm-hmm. interesting because you like are digging deep into like what it means to be somebody else like on a really really like mm-hmm. deep level you know if you're you know dedicated mm-hmm. to the like practice and but improv for me was always like a way of like not necessarily it was like more of a way of like getting to know myself more than like getting to know other people mm-hmm. even though like in improv you like play other people you know the easiest thing to play is like just slightly altered versions of yourself because or like mm-hmm. heightened versions of yourself because you know you know how you would react yeah. to a situation so if you get stuck in a scene, you just like mm-hmm. kind of react normally. But then mm-hmm. I would like use it to like explore aspects of like my life that I was like struggling with at the time. So, you know, I would go like really deep into a mm-hmm. scene where like I felt like I was like going crazy, like based off of like a panic attack mm-hmm. that I had, you know, and then it like allows you to for like that kind of deep introspection to like be okay. And then like you, like you said, like that energy is then like released because it's no longer yours anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think of um, what my friend David talks about. He did five rhythms dance with Gabrielle Roth, mm-hmm. who was like the creator of it, mm-hmm. which is like kind of like a big deal. And he, like, knew her. And something she would always, like, tell people was, like, if you if you come in really tired th- that day, like, you dance tired. If you come in really sad that day, you dance sad, you know. Like, and it just makes me think of, like, embodying, like, whatever emotion you're feeling to, like, really 
like play it out, make it bigger so you can like feel it and see it and like kind of explore it and really connect with it. I just think that's like a really cool tool um, to, to analyze Mm -hmm. ourselves with, you know? Yeah. Cause it gives you a, like a way of viewing it through like, like kind of like meditation, but I think meditation is still harder to like achieve that feeling because of like viewing yourself or like viewing your emotions as like an outsider or as a neutral observer. Say that part. Like in this like dance that you were just talking about and then also in improv, I think that they give you a way to like view your emotions as an outside observer, like neutral because because mm-hmm. they're so extreme or like you can like bring them to like an extreme level then they're the like forefront of everything and then you can kind of like place it in front of you mm-hmm. whereas i don't think at least for me it's harder to get that in meditation because there isn't so much of a distance i think because it is like more of a Um, like a non-physical activity whereas like dance and things like that I don't know I don't know anything about this but like releases energy like from your body because you're like doing so much physical activity I think maybe that has something to do with it yeah I feel like you know with meditation you're kind of especially if you're like just starting out or like, you know, you, I don't want to put on levels, but if you haven't like reached a certain point, you like, you kind of just like you're stuck in your head and you might like really identify with like what's going Mm -hmm. on in your head, you know? And then like when, you know, when it's a really physical thing, like you start, you kind of cut off that thought process as much and you start to like just be way more grounded into your physical body and what's going on there. And then like, for me, at least, this I'm describing this for myself. And then, like, whatever thoughts do come up, you kind of, you, like, see them. And you're like, oh, is that what's happening? Like, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you said. Yeah. It's almost like the physical aspect, like, removes the middleman. Like, mm-hmm. in everyday life, we there's, like, our thoughts. And then there's us. And then there's, like, the person who, like, interprets our thoughts for us. Who, like, thinks about mm-hmm. thinking, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. Like and then when you it. do that physical activity, it does, like you said, like connect you more to your body. So then you just remove that, the thinker of thinking. Yeah. You, uh, you did the waking mm-hmm. up app for a little, little yeah. bit, right? With St. Harris. How far did you get? Did you like do like the, uh, I think I got to 10. Mm hmm to 10 gotcha um i'm doing that app and i'm i went ahead and if you if this is what's really cool about the app is like if you email him and just say mm-hmm. like hey i can't afford the app which like i mean i think it's like a mm-hmm. hundred dollars for the year or something like that um anyway like he'll they'll allow you to use like all of yeah. it for for free you know what i mean which is like really incredible um so anyway I'm on like day 21, 20, something like that of like mm-hmm. the, the 28 day course. And it, it talked about this today, how like 
he kept having you bring up thoughts like so like close your eyes and then think of something that happened today and then like think of another one and think of another one so like in you doing that thinking about what happened during the day it's not like you were walking in the library and you like saw a book and you pulled that one off the shelf your mind just pulled up a memory from the day Mm -hmm. like a random one you know what i mean that you didn't have any choice in it like and then so what he's getting to is like there's not really a you there to make the choice the thoughts just come up on their own and that's something i think we've talked about and acknowledged like but that gave me like a really um like a physical not a physical example but a really good example of like how true that is but then we can get lost in the Mm -hmm. thoughts over and over again you know yeah that's a really like vivid example of Mm -hmm. how that is Mm -hmm. yeah i've really been enjoying his app i mean i've I've heard a lot of things about <laughs> Sam Harris, but you can, you can say what you want. Uh-huh. He knows what he's talking about for meditation. Yeah, I, I don't really know how I feel about him. I don't know much. Like, I know there's a lot of like controversy or people don't like him for a myriad of things, I think. But, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't know. I asked my co-worker he has a podcast too oh i'll plug this one real quick sacred <laughs> tension if you're interested but but he has like a really excellent podcast and he's he's like a really well-read person i i don't know i feel like i can talk to him and he remains pretty maybe not neutral is the right word but like open-minded and mm. kind of like reasonable about things you know and i we started talking about sam harris and i haven't like looked anything up about the guy like i don't apart from Apart from his podcasts and his app, uh-huh. like I don't know anything about the guy. And he kind of like talked on it, but he, he said what I said. Like that's actually where I got that from. That like you know you can say anything you want about him. Like the fact that like his it doesn't take away from the fact that like, his meditation mm-hmm. stuff is really really excellent. Um, I don't know how how you feel about that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he what people. Do you know yeah. what people have quarrels over him for? You know, I don't want to just repeat what Steven said because mm-hmm. I can't remember all of it anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it was something to do with like transgender stuff. And then I think it was something, I think that was like the main one I remember, but yeah, Steve was like, I don't agree with like what he says. He's like, I don't. He's like, and I don't exactly have like good feelings mm-hmm. for him as like a person, but like he has good content, and I think you can like enjoy someone's like content and not so much be like be mm-hmm. behind their like belief system. You know what I mean? Like not supporting that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all. I, I think that's like a pretty big debate in just like general that like the idea mm-hmm. that you can like well, what's the phrase separate the art from like the artist or separate the music from the artist or whatever mm-hmm. what are your yeah what are your thoughts can mm-hmm. i ask i don't know 
I think it depends on like what the like there's like so much context I think that has to go into like each specific situation. It like depends on like what like what happened, you know. There's like certain people like uh, like R. Kelly I think is like a pretty like famous big example of like someone who is like mm-hmm. yeah you know like I don't really want to support. Because, like, if you play the music, in the end, I mean, he's still getting some kind of money, you know, from that. Or, like, stream his music Mm. videos or whatever. So, like, in that sense, like, I don't really think that... And, plus, after, like, knowing what he did and then, like, listening to the music, it just sounds creepy anyway. So, like, it's not really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But... I think, like, in situations like that, it's, like, I'm fine just, like, giving up listening to that because there's no, like, reason to hold on to that kind of, you know. Like, there are, plenty, there are like, millions of songs out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I can find somebody else. Right. But then there's, like, mm-hmm. like, less extreme examples where, you know, this is kind of, like, comes up with the whole, like, cancel culture debate, which is, like, so nuanced anyway. But, like, there's there's no real, like, uh, effective way of, like, quote-unquote, like, canceling people. Or there's no, like, tears, you know? So it's, like, mm-hmm. people who, you know, like, the whole, like, Kevin Hart thing. Like, I, and I obviously, I don't know any of these people personally, so... Like, I don't know Sam Harris. I don't know Kevin Hart. I don't know R. Kelly. I'm not saying that any of these people are equivalent <laughs> in, in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know Sam Harris. Yeah, he's just like R. Kelly. I'm just gonna... I don't think he would appreciate that very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he would be pissed. <laughs> but, like, you know, with, like, Kevin Hart, like, the stuff that he, like, tweeted, like, a long time ago, you know, you don't know, like, all that, like, people say stupid stuff all the time because you don't know anything. And then you grow up and you hope that you learn mm-hmm. some more about the world and aren't as stupid, you know? That's, like, the hope, at least. Right. So, like, I'm glad that, you yeah. know, I didn't grow up in, like, and I think a lot of people say this, that are, like, our age and older, grow up in an age where, like, everything I thought was, like, recorded or, like, tweeted at some point because... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stupid stuff that I said when I was a kid or like in high school. I, yeah. I think we've talked about that before too. Like, right. You just don't know. And I'm not saying that it was right. You know, there's mm-hmm. definitely no, like, it's not like, Oh yeah, they were just kids. So like they can say that. Like, I mean, no, it was like, you know, some of the stuff that I said was probably quite offensive. And like, mm-hmm. I hope that nobody, like we erase that from our language, but like in the sense that like we cancel people for it is like a bit extreme because if there's somebody has like one thing from their past that then gets like brought up, you know, in in like a small way, like it's like, like a tweet like that, you know, it's like, Oh, I gay people are weird. You know, say somebody tweeted that. And then, like, that gets brought up and then, like, mm-hmm. oh, we should, you know, cancel them. 
we shouldn't buy any of their stuff. And it's like, really, really, that's not really doing anything because you're, you're not really talking about like why that stuff is said. But then also I think that the person who like did it should like not necessarily, I think a lot of times like when people get called out for stuff, they like overcompensate for it and then like say that like, oh, I would never say anything like that, you know? But it's like, well, you did. Mm -hmm. So like, I think it would be more beneficial to explain like why that thing that you said is like harmful than like making excuses for it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I don't know. Yeah. That was a long rant about. No, I, I agree. Especially with that last part. It seems like if someone says anything, all right. And then another party takes offense to it, whether it's like mm -hmm. justified or not. The moment you become aggressive that way too, like the, like then there's like two walls put mm -hmm. up instead of just like, Mm -hmm. one you know what i mean and there's no chance of ever like having the conversation like what you're talking about is like hey you know what did you say you said this this you know this was offensive to not just me but this whole mm -hmm. like group of people and you know we should talk about this and you know maybe i don't convince you that you're wrong maybe i don't get an apology but like we both come out of that conversation if it was like had well mm -hmm. and like calmly and whatever more educated about like how people yeah. work <laughs> you know what i mean and like more compassionate more understanding but whereas like in cancel culture it's like oh he said something fucked up yeah no one should ever hear mm -hmm. anything he has to say ever again <laughs> it's, it's like that's a bit yeah. extreme <laughs> and this is another plug for for steven here because i'm not sacred tension podcast he had a really good guest who like she got canceled for some reason i mm -hmm. i can't go into it because i don't remember what it was but she brought up a good point where it's like the the really famous people who are like who people like try to cancel mm -hmm. aren't ever going to get canceled like like jk rowling's never going to get canceled i don't even know what she did like i didn't like look into it but like uh -huh. she's not going to get canceled that's just she's too big you know but like someone of a much like lower class who does like the same thing mm -hmm. they'll easily get canceled and it might even get, like be that it was like misconstrued which is like kind of the case for what happened in this podcast mm -hmm. episode that i'm referencing so yeah it's a it's a weird yeah. topic <laughs> because there's no like um there's really no structure for like how to analyze each situation you know because each person mm -hmm. is like unique so like each situation is unique and then, like, there are some things that are, like, obviously more, um, like, directly harmful to people, you know? Like, things mm -hmm. like, you know, sexual assault and, like, rape and, like, uh, I don't know, killing somebody. Those things are, like, pretty, mm -hmm. like, extreme. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I think there should be, like, some sort of, like, higher repercussions for those things but the problem is with like because social media is like the way it is everything is like treated equally so somebody who says something that is offensive and somebody who like does something that like harms another person are like treated equally 
And then there's like no room for like nuance because if you treat somebody who said something offensive equally as something who like did something that is harmful, there's not going to be, there's no room for like dialogue Mm -hmm. because you've automatically like categorized that person and those people as like bad people and not like, yeah, just that they did something that was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this a couple of times, maybe even on the podcast or just in phone calls like to the side of like, I don't know. My friend Justin has this term, like maybe that's what it's called, like riffraffing. It's like maybe you're just like talking to your buddy and you're like just voicing how you feel about something, which may not be like correct and it may be like harmful in some ways. But if you're like just trying to like talk mm-hmm. about it to see what it is, you know what I mean? In like an investigative sort of way and not so much as like this is how it mm-hmm. is and like, rah, rah, rah. you know, like if there's no room for that conversation, then how are people ever going to like, change their mind or like have a space to have a conversation Mm -hmm. to change their mind, you know? Yeah. And like on the, the like flip side of that, like I think that people need to be like open to taking, cause like there's like no like taking the criticism Mm -hmm. because there's no like dialogue on like two sides of, this like topic because in some certain like situations because those like what we just talked about is like an example of one side and then there's people on the other side who are like well i can't say anything anymore you know and it's like well no Mm -hmm. you you can still say things but you just have to realize that like the things that you say are going to offend some people and like this is why Mm -hmm. and then being able to like come back from that I think is like a really hard skill Mm -hmm. to like cultivate it is but it feels Mm -hmm. so good at the end of it (laughs) like it really does I do this there's like a a specific person I do it with at work and we always get in these conversations where like I'll, I'll intentionally pick at her beliefs or and like or I'll let her pick Mm -hmm. at mine you know what I mean like and then like, I'll go as far down as I can to like, see like what that thing is. And, you know, maybe there's not a right or wrong answer, but at the end of it, you're like, Oh shit. Like I thought mm-hmm. I really knew this thing and really I didn't know it at all. And my identity got attached to it because I'm a knower and like, uh-huh. it's good to know <laughs> stuff. And like, that means you're important, but that's not always mm-hmm. the way it is. And if you're afraid, yeah, if you're afraid to be wrong and like have someone tell you you're wrong and like you're offensive, then like it's gonna it's gonna be like painful. But like you do, you feel better at the end. You're like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Weird. I thought I knew something. <laughs> it turns out I really don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said that like you like became like attached to that belief, and then the more that people challenge you on mm-hmm. things, the more you realize that like that those things like don't aren't really important to like your identity. They're just things that you mm-hmm. like thought that you once knew. And it's not essential to hold on to them because once you let them go, you don't really change that much. And you probably change for the better, but like 
as an individual, you don't really change. Yeah. Do you have anything, like any idea or something that you had to like let go of that you were really attached to recently or in the past that you can talk mm. about? I don't know. Nothing immediately comes to my mind. Because mm-hmm. now, That's okay. like, where I'm at now, I feel like is a place where, like, I really feel like I just don't, or, like, I really, truly am just, like, in a continual process of, like, wanting to know more. So, like... Mm-hmm every person that like tells me something I'm like really interested in what they're saying because I think that humans are just like really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So there isn't much that I like hold on to as like a strong belief anymore. I I think there are some things that I'm like pretty Mm -hmm. like, you know, like there are some like core things that I think that I hold true, but like the outs, like the edges of them are always, you know, able to be changed. Well, what are some core things you like? What are some like core beliefs you have? Maybe that's too specific. I don't know. Or too, <laughs> too like, uh-huh. piercing to, you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I would think like I think like a core belief that has like maintained true is like I think we're and it's something that like also my dad talks about but like that we're put on this earth to like build each other up. Like I find that to be a core belief. So anything that like like I think that that is like the center of this really large circle, you know, where you could put a lot of other things in there. But at the end of the day, it's really like, what is best for like all of us? Not like what is best for like one individual. Yeah. Yeah, that one's, that's really, really good. I've, I've just felt that one recently, like, I know there's just a couple like really strong instances where I'm like, man, like, this isn't about <laughs> uh-huh. you, <laughs> you know, like, and cause I think you can really go down that mm. like sort of like selfish road and you can like indulge and indulge and like really do all the things. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but like, and then it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, where's everybody else though? You know, it's like, it's just it's really hard to enjoy anything without some loved one or human mm-hmm. to enjoy it with you, you know. But I'm just like a people person. Like I gotta have, otherwise yeah. I feel pretty lost, you know. Me too. I definitely need like people, and that's just something that like I know, you know, that's like another truth, I guess, in a way, is that like I need people around Mm -hmm. me like 
they listening to people and like talking to people is like what brings me energy and like is an energetic mm-hmm. force. So. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, um, so I'm not like sick or anything, but mm-hmm. my work made me like quarantine for like the last, I guess since last Saturday. So a week, it's been a week today. Um, but because someone else at my work, like their partner mm. had tested positive and they're like, we're not taking chances. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, <laughs> fair enough. So like I've been off, you know what I mean? But like Polly, I, I came home from work that day cause they sent me home early and she's like, Oh, you're early. I'm like, yeah, they like, they told me to like go home and quarantine for a bit. And she's like, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what the hell am I going to do all week? Uh-huh. You know? So I, you know, I guess I can really feel for, for everybody else out there who's had to mm. quarantine and isolate and stuff. Yeah. What's your plan? <laughs> well, I mean, tomorrow we're going to oh, go yeah. back to Illinois. But yeah, yeah, and then I I tried to get mm-hmm. tested and yada yada, but like everywhere was full. I really think it's because like it's the holidays and like everybody mm-hmm. like wants to get tested before they go back home. But like I could not make uh-huh. an appointment. I looked for like days. Um, so yeah, that's I mean <laughs> the week's up. <laughs> By the time I get back, it'll be like fifteen or uh-huh. like eighteen days, something like that. I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this video, um, what was the word? Like, I'm making a video for my grandpa for uh, Christmas because oh, yeah. we're doing like Secret Santa and I got him. So I made a list mm-hmm. of four questions that I want everybody to answer. And one of the last questions mm. is, or not the last question. The second to last question is, what is something that has challenged your worldview most recently? And like mm. so far, everybody has said like the pandemic and the election, except for my mm. sister, who <laughs> she just started her like this job. I think, oh yeah, I told you about that. That job that she started, the wilderness therapy. Uh Yeah. A little while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said that that really challenged mm-hmm. her worldview. Hmm. So I'm actually curious about both of like the responses or um, like your sisters mm-hmm. and then why everybody else chose those, the pandemic and the president. Mm-hmm. If you want to share. Yeah, it, I think so. I think everybody just chose a pandemic because it's like so. And that was even like my first response, you know. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even, I didn't really even think about it when I wrote the question, but like when I answered it, I was like, ah, oh, man, like everybody's going to answer this, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it is like, yeah. we've never lived through something like this before. So like quite literally it mm-hmm. like drastically changed the worldview. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also interesting that like, that people like they said the election, you know, because it was so divisive and like, because there was just so much 
yeah, it just because of like everything that the election was and like everything that Trump like is or like represents. Mm-hmm. So, but, and then my sister, she like has found, I mean, I, I think that like she is like grown tremendously like through this experience. I mean, she like, took a whole like solo cross country road trip to, you know, go to these two job interviews. I think I told you about that in like Utah and then Idaho. Mm -hmm. And then like just camping out and like driving by herself for like hours. Like that alone is pretty impressive. And then she Mm -hmm. like moved to a whole new town by herself, you know, and then like works at this job and then, like this, you know, stories that she tells of like these kids and like how, you know, they've kind of pushed her to grow in different ways because, uh, you know, she's kind of forced to like see these things that she never had to deal with, you know, like extreme anxiety and, you know, extreme depression and stuff like that. And then also uh, because, you know, they're doing therapy with kids like they're also kind of doing the therapy themselves so it's been really interesting how she's like you know built like kind of accountability systems in with her friends and stuff and like they use like the therapy Mm. lingo because you know all all her friends are people that work there so they kind of use this Mm -hmm. therapy lingo to like communicate with each other so when like somebody does something and they're like oh you know like i take accountability for doing that you know that harmed you and like stuff like that and so she Mm. was just talking about how that like changed her worldview and yeah i was like wow that's pretty incredible that is really incredible um i definitely admire that she did that um I think that kind of job just really changes people for the better. Like really Mm -hmm. makes them stronger people all around. Like when I was talking to the people that have done that kind of job, they're like, it's not a job that you like go into Uh not being ready. (laughs) That's like, it's like you're either ready or you're not. There's no Uh like, maybe it's like, no, it's like, if you don't like, know, then you like, you shouldn't do it. And I don't know. I've met some really cool people in the garden that have done that. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> wow. I it's I don't want to call it jealousy, but it's almost like this like extreme admiration where it's like, wow, like the fact that you can like you know, handle your own outside in the woods for mm-hmm. like weeks at a time and be with these people and provide for these people and hold space for these people that like have these like almost mm-hmm. paralyzing issues, you know. Well, you're, you're, you're a miracle worker, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I don't. I feel like all those people would be like, "No, I'm not a miracle worker." You know, I'm just like a, I'm just a regular old person, yeah. like tr- trying my best. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, they they totally would, and I. I've been listening to a lot of like different podcasts than I normally have lately. Um, and they were talking about, there's these like 
archetypes of like a, a king, a warrior, magician, and like a lover. Anyway, and like there's like the king archetype or queen in this case, mm-hmm. the king or queen. They they mentioned both, but there's like a shadow aspect to every archetype, and I think the king and queen one was like this like false humility. And I don't know if you do this, but I definitely feel like I do this sometimes where like, do you ever get like a compliment and you're kind of just like, you kind of like don't know what to say. So you're like, no, uh-huh. like it really wasn't <laughs> yeah. that. You know what I mean? But it's like inside, you're like, yeah, yeah. Like that happens. You know, like I did that, you know, you, like you, you're almost afraid to show mm-hmm. ownership over your actions, which is like, a, if you think about it, it's kind of a strange thing that like, we want to almost like punish ourselves yeah. <laughs> for like getting a compliment. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Or like taking ownership over that. When really, you know, I like even even Aristotle had a, a chapter about this in ethics when he talks about being magnanimous. It's like the magnanimous person, like he takes compliments and he doesn't like shuffle them to the side and say, oh, no, mm-hmm. no. He says, yes, I did that. You know, like, but he doesn't do that in like a, like a really, really prideful way. He does that in a way that's mm-hmm. just like, it's true. You know, it's true. But I don't know how you see that. Do you think it's necessary, unnecessary to kind of claim your actions mm-hmm. as your own? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I also do that a lot. So I like, and I think that I didn't really like acknowledge it as, uh, I didn't really acknowledge it as a thing until like a few years ago, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been reading a lot about where people are saying that you should start acknowledging it, you know, like you, mm-hmm. like as far as like mental health wise and things like that, like it's important to not downplay like when you receive compliments or like, um, you know, uh, admiration for like something that you've done or something like that. But yeah. And maybe this is just like the side of my brain that like downplays the compliments. I'm always like, how, how, and maybe it's just socially uh, and like culturally the way that we like perceive people who like say or like take ownership for compliments and say like, yeah, or like, you know, that is what I did. But I still don't understand like how you would approach that in a way that like doesn't seem like um arrogant Mm. what if you just said thank you Mm. yeah you know like if i'm like if what if i like see one of your art pieces or something and i'm like man like that is that art like struck me the most and made me question like everything Mm -hmm. more than any other piece of art has i don't know i don't know like what like or if like a compliment would even like really kind of like get to you mm-hmm. about art. Like, so, sorry. Um, like, I don't know what like the best compliment you could get on mm-hmm. art would be for you personally. But like, if you get that, like, like can't you just say like, thank you? <laughs> like, yeah, thank you. Like I, you know, I made it. <laughs> I guess that's not like, the best way to do it. But... <laughs> that wasn't a good example. Anyway, thank you. Yes, I did. I did do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I, I could see that. Like, I mean, I think that thank you would be the most appropriate 
response. Hmm. Because, but I even thank you, I still feel I can be like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I still follow up my thank yous with like, you know, thank you, but it's not really that good. Or like, thank you, but you know, I could, I could do better. Or thank you, you know, things like that. Hmm. Yeah, but see, Hmm. like why why would you say I could do better because maybe in the future you can but you can never do that one better because you did the best Mm. you could at the time when you did it yeah that's true so you're not you're like taking for granted the like presence of the like peace or like the idea of the compliment as like a like present moment thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know like how healing, if that's healing at all to mm-hmm. do as like a whole for everybody. But yeah, it's just, it's something that was brought up and I forgot how we even got to talking yeah, about that. But, but how do you yeah. approach like those situations <laughs> or like, like since learning about it, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Well, I learned about <laughs> in your past two days of quarantine. <laughs> well, considering this, yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um. Well, here's how what, how I've thought about like changing it. Either like saying nothing and just listening, and then just mm-hmm. be like, "Thank you." You know, that means a lot. Like, I feel like that's honest, and it's appreciative of like the the gratitude they're giving you and you know it doesn't, it doesn't have to go any further than that i'm kind of i'm also kind of relating it to for some i don't know if i'm like attracting this into my life or what but like it seems like a lot of conversations i'm having lately people are just like opening up to something that's like really mm. sad that's happened to them lately you know what i mean and there's like a part of me that's like, man, you should have like the right thing to say and like, uh-huh. you should like fix them right now. And then the like the the much more wisdom filled part of me is like, <laughs> no, shut the hell up. Like you you don't know the right thing to say. So don't try and like half ass it just being like, you know, just, you don't have to say anything. Like you're just there with that person. They shared this with you. I don't know if they shared it with the expectation of you saying something, but like, I'm not going to unless it calls to me, unless it comes out mm-hmm. naturally and truly, you know, I'm not going to like add something to it. So that's kind of the way I want to approach it with mm. like the compliment as well. Just make it short, sweet and simple unless something else really truly in like a, mm-hmm. a, a kind way wants to come out. Hmm. So that was a lot. I can tell I talk about that because I can't breathe right now. <laughs> when you finish a sentence and you're like, oh, God. What? <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I think that's a good way of approaching it. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how I tend to approach other things. It's just kind of because you can do all the like pre-planning that you want, but what comes out in the moment is like what comes out anyway. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, 
if you prep a speech, <laughs> then, then, I'm not sure if that's really the, the way to do it. Uh, yeah, I've improved many a speech. Yeah, <laughs> have you? <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> that freaked me out. This has me wanting to like <clears throat> watch. I don't know, like Oscar, Oscar mm. winner like speeches. You know what I mean? And see how they approach it. Like, uh, you know, they always kind of like, the, I want to say thank you to mm-hmm. all my producers, yada, yada, yada. And, like, I want to see, like, if that is also sort of like a, a false humility mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, like, how do they respond? Because that's, like, one of the highest, like, compliments that you could get is, like, an award. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but then there was, like, this whole... That reminds me of, like, the whole situation with Bob Dylan a while back. What did he get? He got, like, some prize, like, for poetry or something. And then he just, like, never showed up. And, like, they kept calling him and calling him, and he just never answered. And was just like, no, I don't want it. (laughs) See, that's weird, too, right? Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's something yeah. we're looking past here. I would, I'd be completely willing to admit Bob Dylan <laughs> knows more than I about this. <laughs> I would agree. So the next guest is going to be Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we should try. Like, what's the worst that could happen? He says no. Okay. There's a book about that. Have you? I forgot what it's called. Uh, it's called like mm-hmm. the third door or something like that. No, but I think I've heard, of, heard like, of it? the theory of it. Yeah, where like he just like doesn't take no for an answer, and he uh-huh. ends up getting interviews with like everybody. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah, because the idea is like that. Most people see like the first door and the second door, right? But then his philosophy is like there's always a mm-hmm. the third door. You just have to like you have to look in a different mm-hmm. way. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's always like another way in. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like quite a few people on like YouTube who have like done like challenges and stuff that like prove that. Mm. I don't know if you ever watch yeah. uh, Yes Theory. I don't know if we've ever talked about him before. I think we have talked about. It. I think you've sent me some of the mm. oh, yeah. uh, podcasts and stuff. They have a. They did like a thing with Wim Hof, also. Um, so that's like mm. how I found out about him. But then, they like when they like were kind of getting big in their channel. They challenged Will Smith to like do a like hella bungee thing and they just like made a video about it and like sent it out and then like because their video was like so compelling he made a video response back and was like mm. yeah sure i'll do it you know and <laughs> i think that like things like that just prove that like if 
I, I think you also have to have a certain amount of care about what you do, you know? You can't just, like, yeah. randomly email somebody and be like, hey. Yeah. It's, it has to be compelling, like you said. They have to... I think if people feel your passion, mm-hmm. they'll kind of be drawn towards the cause, you know? Sorry, I'm really focusing on my breath right now because I realized I was talking a lot <laughs> without inhaling <laughs> and exhaling between, like, the right parts of speech. Uh-huh. <laughs> now my lungs... <laughs> now you got me paying attention to my breathing I was like yeah you just a little meditation uh, right here in the middle of the podcast and now back to the breath I like the way that uh, Sam Harris talked about and like one of them that the idea of like feeling the air go all the way like in from your nose into your lungs and then like back out through your nose and you remember that like Mm -hmm. hand thing that I was telling you about or like trying to feel the inside of your hand yeah so I had like the same experience with that with that like focus of meditation like I realized that like I don't think Mm. I ever have like felt the inside of my lungs yeah you kind of just feel like you're Mm -hmm. an outside of a body yeah (laughs) you don't have like an inside of the body so yeah I was just gonna say so then I like that has been fascinating to me like being able to feel my like lungs expand, but also like, I don't know how else to like describe it, but like feeling the like blood in my lungs and like how it's becoming oxygenated and then like releasing carbon dioxide. It's crazy. Yeah. And that can be really like a beautiful experience when you really do like drop into mm-hmm. like inhaling and exhaling and just like that sound and how relaxed you become on the exhale and then how like without effort like your lungs just lift up mm-hmm. by themselves it's pretty crazy there's one and there's like a book about it but there's like one meditation he does like for it's called like no head or something like that. And it's, I, man, I wish I remember like how he like drops you into it, but you're like sitting there and you open your eyes and you're meditating and like your, your vision is just kind of like open. And then he says to like specifically like in an instant, like instantaneously, look for the one who's looking and it it's like the weirdest little like snap it's like it's such a small moment like, <laughs> what the fuck like, <laughs> like what just happened and then he talks about like feeling like the back half of your body and he's like now find your head <laughs> and you're like dude what <laughs> where the hell's my head and then it's just like this really crazy openness feeling of like 
everything you see around you like that's as he says appearing in consciousness but i get the experience that like that's Mm. me (laughs) you know what i mean that like there isn't like a difference between like me this body and Mm -hmm. the room i'm in you know what i mean or like even when i'm outside sometimes that's like a really crazy feeling to just like it's like uh I th- I think the best way to describe it is like when you're staring at something and then your gaze if you like just kind of like let your gaze soften and you're just kind of like looking at it it's like that weird focus shift of being like one pointed mm-hmm. to just like really open but it's not just with your vision it's like with your whole like mm-hmm. being it's really strange it's hard to talk about <laughs> you sound like you're on crack <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> Yeah, I know, because then you get kind of like, what are you smoking? Like that kind of response. Yeah. Or was that me just like downplaying it when Uh it's actually like a legitimate experience? Yeah. (laughs) You know? I think it is. I feel like we do that like a lot as people, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's not an experience that like we think other people have. Or, like, it's not an experience that's, like, widely Mm -hmm. talked about. So then we just, like, Mm -hmm. don't talk about it. And, you know, that could go for, I mean, anything. And, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, anything from, like, anxiety to, like, uh, what you're describing, like, right now, you know? Like, all those things, if you have no, Mm -hmm. like, sense of that other people experience them, then you don't share them. But then also, even if other people didn't experience them, like, why do we, like, as a society, put people down for experiencing something that's, mm-hmm. like, unique? Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, when people, like, do try to be vulnerable, like, what I was just describing, or, like, I've seen people like describe mm-hmm. like their anxiety and stuff like that you know what i mean and they're like well maybe i'm just being a baby i'm like Shh, like why would you do that <laughs> you know like like i do the same thing but like why would you like open up and then sort of like poke fun at yourself so that people will look at you and be like oh like they were just like, mm-hmm. kidding you know what i mean like when your experience was like real and it was true and like they probably have it too but then like you just close yourself off to any real vulnerable response they might give mm-hmm. you back if they're going to give you one. You know, it's it's that downplaying again. It's like that not mm-hmm. taking yourself seriously. Which I'm all about not always being serious. Yeah. There's, a well, there's like a there's like a difference between like I don't know because I I think about like being old a lot and Hmm. like you know I know some old people like my grandparents and like different people like that and like my grandma is like always really happy and you know every time we like go to see her you know she's always got like jokes and she's just like joking all the time and so like I think about what it is to like have lived such a long life and like still 
find like joy in like the smallest things you know and like mm-hmm. how beautiful that is but like how i feel like it's hard to like experience that now and like so then like where do you where does that like mm. you know balance come in cuz like there are things that i care about and like there are times you know to be serious but then the times mm. to like you know acknowledging when it's time to just like have a good time So you feel like there's like two separate sides of yourself? Yeah. Maybe it's just reframing it. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you ever do this, but sometimes I'll like go outside. I'm like, I'm going to go look Mm -hmm. at the sun or like the sunset, you know? And I'm like, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be like awesome. And I'll like really, (laughs) like really try you know what I mean? To like see like the beauty of the sunset. And then I'm like, why isn't it working? You know, like why doesn't this sunset make me feel like the sunset did like a month ago mm-hmm. when we were hiking or something, you know? And then I like start to get kind of upset about it. I'm like, fuck, like, you know, maybe it's me. And then like all this shit comes up, but like, you know, that's just more shit like you're adding to it and it doesn't need all that shit. So I, I almost don't even know if it's something you can like switch on and off. I think it's just like like back to acceptance, you know, like acceptance of everything though, like acceptance of like now I'm looking back at it and like laughing about Mm -hmm. it. It's like, I can see like the humor in it when I, I wish I could have done that in that moment, you know, I've been like, ah, (laughs) there I go again. Like (laughs) trying to see some beautiful stuff. (laughs) Like when like every, Uh when everything's really beautiful, you know, like, but yeah does that make sense though like like the ability to laugh at yourself Mm -hmm. for how seriously you take stuff like that for me that can make stuff really joyful that's true i was just thinking about the have you ever watched the video of the dalai lama um explaining like how hard it is to like fart on an airplane <laughs> no. yeah you gotta watch it dude that's so funny yeah. is it hysterical <laughs> it's really great oh, that because great. he is like trying you know because he's like at like this i don't even know like some conference with uh a couple other people i can't remember i watched it like a while ago i'll have to rewatch it again and then remember but i just remember like him explaining like you know how you like try to you know he like was trying to be quiet and then he just like lets out this like really loud one (laughs) and just like how he found so much like joy in that you know and thought it was like just the funniest thing when like that's something that like people usually (laughs) just don't you know yeah yeah uh-huh. They're gonna be acknowledged. They'll be like, "Oh yeah. fuck!" <laughs> like, I hope no one heard that. Dude, farts were meant to be funny. I'm like pretty positive. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure they were meant to be hilarious. That's their evolutionary purpose. Uh-huh. Yeah, just to make us laugh. 
there was <laughs> there was one time Sam doesn't work at Hoppy's anymore, mm. but it was just like the two of us working. And she like walked over to my register, and I had like just farted. Like, I had like leaned down and like farted, and then like I stood back up, and I like stuck my hand out, and she like she like looked at me, and I was like, I wouldn't come any closer. I just farted, and she like we had like just met too, and like she just like like died laughing, and I was like, thank God, and she laughed. And I was like really uncomfortable because <laughs> now it's okay. Yeah. Those are like the kind of moments that like can really connect to people because you like mm-hmm. are like very like viscerally reminded of like each other's humanity in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your fart story? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Tell us your fart story. <laughs> I have none. It's not a thing. It's like a thing that was never like, like my dad hates it. Like he hates like bodily. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> he like hates bodily like emissions. I don't know what else to call them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound way worse. But I was trying to encompass like a wider category, like <laughs> the yeah, bodily fluids, like everything. Burping. <laughs> the guy doesn't like teardrops. <laughs> like, suck it back up. No, but we we could never do that. So like, I never, like that's never something that I ever did in front of other people. I remember. Uh, Ashley Rosencrans oh, from IC was always trying to get me to fart in front of her. Yeah. I was like, I can't That's do so it. so funny. I just can't. It's, it's <laughs> kind of a sign. That's what everyone says. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm not like, going to no. lie. It is not in my tears of friendship uh, level. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what do you yeah. do? Do you just like walk out of the room and uh-huh. go to the bathroom? Really? Every time. That seems just like, really inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> I never knew anything else. So, like, I guess. Dude, you're a prisoner <laughs> to your own farts. <laughs> Do you realize that? Like, this is like, I'm trying to put you on the path to freedom, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Just saying, man. Like this could. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I was gonna like try to be like really motivational <laughs> about why you should fart in front of everybody. I don't think. No, mm. Polly's never farted in front of me. And she always judges me when I fart in front of her. <laughs> so that's some bullshit. But <laughs> she's like, I just wish she would tell me or like you know. <laughs> I'm like whatever. But yeah. Like, uh-huh. I grew up with Alex and Wesley, you know what I mean? So, like, you can imagine <laughs> how horrific that was. <clears throat> a bunch of 200-pound uh-huh. guys eating a lot of meat. <laughs> Lift, lifting weights and farting a lot. <laughs> was it Sounds good? great. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of laughing, but there's also... <laughs> Never mind. Oh my god. 
Just don't instill that to your kids, all right? If you have kids, okay. just let them uh, do their thing. <laughs> it's like, unless you're around grandpa. <laughs> around grandpa? Hold it in. That's funny. Is that my homework? Well. <laughs> fart in front of a stranger. No, I can't the start there. That's too extreme. That's like a... Oh, man. <clears throat> Duncan Trussell does these, like, really... Oh, fuck. I need to really listen to that podcast. That was a good one. But he, talk, he like, used to hand out, like, really extreme, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, homework like this. You know what I mean? But it was always, like, really weird stuff, like, dress up as a clown and give, some, <laughs> <laughs> give someone a hug, like, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, not, like, without yeah. consent. <laughs> but, like, ask them, you know... And he had recently, I forgot what it was. It was like, I think it was just, oh, it was like sharing your time with someone. And it's like, and he made fun of it because he's like, oh, like, like, that's like nothing, you know? But it, he talked about a certain like Buddhist concept of like what it means to like be generous. And it's like not generous in terms of like giving away things but just generous with your time. So it's like when you're with someone, mm-hmm. like you're really with them. And we've talked about that, but, um, but he's got some good homeworks on that. We should steal <laughs> some from him. Bring yeah, him be down. All right, yeah, go, go fart in front of somebody. And we'll, we'll end it here because we, we did a good job laughing. I no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. All right, man. Yeah. Happy holidays. Make sure you celebrate the winter oh, solstice. I will. I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> yeah, it happens every year, but no one talks about it. <laughs> I just found out like what it was like this year. So I mean, I feel kind of dumb. <laughs> like the whole world celebrates it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like literally everyone. Like people at my work are like, um, no, I'm not going to celebrate uh, <laughs> Christmas. But I'm celebrating the winter solstice. I'm like, huh? <laughs> oh, man. We grew up in Illinois. They don't know about yeah. anything. So, yeah. <laughs> Go get cultured.